We're back. Hello, hello, hello. It's Gio here again. We're here for season two. Man, Welcome I back. I forgot to see two. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Is so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah! It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's season Friday. two. We we ready? I was like, man, why is Jenna so hyped right now? And then she said season perfect. two. I was like, oh, season two. You didn't know? You didn't know? <laughs> well, now you know. It's season two, y'all. We made I w- it. I wasn't expecting the barking. It threw me out. <laughs> I was popping my fist like Arsenio Hall. I took it all the way back. Y'all can't see me, but y'all know y'all felt it. I know y'all felt it. The bark. That's exactly right. I'm excited. I'm excited because season two, you know, of course, we've been making it. We made it through season one, right? Season one was all about kind of like COVID and crazy stuff. And we touched a little bit on on budgeting. We touched a little bit on savings. And now we're back for season two. And we're ready to hit it the way Gio knows best. Okay. Teaching, spreading knowledge. And I'm just excited to be able to share this information with our listeners. Okay. What about you guys? Yeah. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Excited. I'm excited. For sure. <laughs> Great. I'm trying to match your energy. Hold on, give me a second. <clears throat> Look, let me just say. <laughs> there we go. There we I go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's how we're gonna start all our calls now. Just start barking. Oh my god. Just start barking like some dogs. <laughs> no, we're gonna have to get a chance. You have to bark according to the dog that you currently have. So like you can't have this deep bark if you got small dogs, you know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> Uh, if y'all don't know, all of us are dog owners, and like mine is a Yorkie and a Schnauzer with a high pitched bark. You guys don't want to hear that. And I'm just gonna uh, let you know. Got a Morky. <laughs> Only person that can do a deep bark is JT? Mike. Oh yeah, Mike can do the German <laughs> Shepherd bark. <laughs> but okay, so let's get back. Let's go ahead and get into this knowledge. All right, so you guys are in for a treat. We are starting it out with a series called Building Your Financial House. Okay. And I know you're probably like, okay, okay, uh, building my financial house. Okay, I mean, I'll stack this paper if I have to. No, 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 no. That's not exactly what I mean. There's so much more to it. And if you guys are familiar with Geo, every house needs a foundation but first we're gonna kind of quickly break down to you guys what exactly is the financial house okay so somebody take it away what is the financial house okay so the the financial house if you guys haven't heard about it before it's like it's basically a concept that kind of you know it shows what uh, the levels to, to to doing different things financially in terms of, of the way a house is structured, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, when you're building a house, like, what is the most important thing that has to be the strongest part of the house? Like, what's the first thing they usually lay down? That foundation. The foundation, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that foundation is, like, super, super important, right? Because if you don't build a foundation right, what happened to the house? It'll crumble up. It'll crumble and fall, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Or if you don't necessarily crumble and fall, but it will be sideways and crooked. Oh, yeah, yeah. It might yeah, crack yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be out. It's going to shift. 
have gotten well not everybody has a house on has a home but for the most part when you are looking for a home right what's mm-hmm. the first thing they tell you to look for i don't know what and you look at the foundation oh right you look at the foundation you want to see like how strong is the structure right uh-huh. so then after you make sure the foundation is structured then you start looking at the other parts of the house right stacking it up uh-huh. so you start stacking it up so what do y'all think is the most important and we're talking financially what do you think is the most important thing Foundation-wise, when you're building your financial house, mm, well, most people will say a budget. Yeah, most people will say a budget. That yeah. it. That but it. We, but we know that's wrong. That's not right. Not quite it, but it's a good yeah. guess. Yeah, it's a good guess. It's a good guess. So, uh, the most important thing, believe it or not, is income protection. Say right? What? Income protection. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, income protection. And the reason why that's important mm-hmm. is because. Contrary to popular beliefs, like what is the most valuable asset? Like what? What do you think the most your most valuable asset is? What do you think? You are. are you, yeah. Your ability ability to make money. Exactly. Your ability to make money. That's your most valuable asset. So Mm -hmm. the first thing you must protect, the foundation, is your assets. Mm. Is your ability to make money. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So that comes with income protection because a lot of people, most people, have a a, a family. Mm-hmm. Right. You got a, a a a husband and a wife. They may have kids. You know, they they got a whole bunch of stuff like houses and all these different things like that. A whole bunch of assets and whatnot. And so you gotta have you gotta have protection because mm-hmm. if anything happened to mom or anything happened to dad, who's gonna replace that income? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So you gotta have income protection. The next thing after income protection, I would say, and this kind of subjective, I would say the next thing is probably like emergency funds. So that's like what I would say. Savings would be like, and as a whole, yeah, yeah. You would say savings I, I, would be I, the next one. I would say savings. A lot okay. of people will argue and say, well, getting out of debt is more important, right? Mm-hmm. Some people would say that. I would say personally, savings would be would be next <laughs> because I feel like if you don't have an emergency fund, you can you can get out of debt all you want, but if you don't have nothing like nothing saved. In anything happen, you're gonna be in trouble, right? Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the next step. Then after you finish doing that, you know you can do debt elimination, and then you kind of go into retirement savings. You know it keeps going up. College savings, and then if you want to like you know get risque and start investing in the stock market, then that's the top of the house. Okay. But a lot of people don't even start would, at the foundation. I would say this though, because uh, I don't want I don't want people to think that you know just because we saying. Uh, save and then handle the debt. Doesn't it doesn't mean while you're saving up your money to get to a certain level, stop paying your debt. It means maintain. You know what I'm saying? Pay your stuff on time, but don't start going hard trying to tackle and knock it out until you got that cushion that you need. Exactly. Mm. Totally agree. I totally agree. Okay. I totally okay. agree. So that's that's the concept. I know it went long there, but that's the concept of the financial house. No, no, Building it the perfect. right way. Cool. Strong foundation. Cool. All right. Perfect. So now we know the financial house. And I got... And so this part, first part, we're going to be talking about, it's most important because like you said, it's the foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So you said income protection. Income protection. 
What do you mean when you say income protection? We're talking life insurance. Life insurance. Life okay, insurance. cool. Life. So what the heck is life insurance and why is it the foundation? Like, why would you say it was the foundation? Because it's exactly what it is. Right. It, you know, it's the protection for uh, for, for the income, mm-hmm. right? So, like, uh, you know, you, you have to have life insurance if you if you have any type of responsibility. And, and, and even if you don't really have a lot of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are a person that, um, you know, for example, if you don't have enough cash in the bank to pay for your funeral, guess what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need some life insurance because somebody yeah. else is going to be left with that financial burden, right? Right? Uh, or if you got a family mm-hmm. and you got a kid or you got whatever mm-hmm. and you got all this debt, do you really want to leave your wife or your husband or your kid around after you're gone, after you're the sole provider to, to you know provide for the family and your income is no longer there? Would you really want to leave them behind to deal with that? No. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want you to do your family no, like that. No, yeah, no sane person would. I mean, some people obviously do, but, you know, a good steward, right, a good person would be somebody that want to leave an inheritance and things like that, you know, and it's also a way for people to, you know, accumulate generational wealth, which is like a a trending topic right now, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I look at it like this. I look at it like there's another way of looking at it. It's just a lot of us already have in our minds. We say, hey, I want to be able to accumulate wealth. Mm-hmm. But what happens when that game plan don't work out and you end up, you know what I'm saying, leaving this world before you finish your goal? It's mm-hmm. always good to have that backup plan in place so yeah. if something does happen, let's say you get taken out, guess what? The goal that you set out for you and your family, you can still achieve those goals with that backup plan. That's all it is. Exactly. I mean, think about it like, you know, when you're young, and like Bradell said, you're trying to, you know, accumulate wealth. You got investments and all this thing going, all this stuff going on. And the only thing you're missing out on is time. You need time to go by. Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're going through that process, you need something to protect yourself in case you don't make it. If that if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's that's around just in case you know something bad happens. But I mean, at the same time, like literally, that's the last gift you will leave your family. Like literally, the last thing you leave your family. Why leave them with nothing? Mm, okay, okay. So I, I, I want to know from you guys because I, Geo listeners, if you weren't aware, we have uh, one individual here who is licensed in life insurance. Well, he has a little bit of knowledge. I can't figure out if you can tell who it you is, but but yeah, insurance. you don't have to be licensed to have the information. You can always go out. But <laughs> we so just to say we kind of know what we're talking about a little bit here when we say it because someone at least had to go through the course get licensed in it and actually more than one of us did so yeah, yeah. so it's like so just take us take it and try to absorb it and then share it we would love it if you could share it but I have a question um so you say life insurance but that's so so broad like can we break it down like what. When I go and walk up to the, to the life insurance person, mm-hmm. be like, hey, I want life insurance. Like, what should I ask for? What should I be looking for? 
When I, as far as like the types of life insurance. Well, there's a lot of different types of life insurance, you know. Uh, but honestly, that's really just two. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, they're called cash value or whole life. You probably heard that before. Mm-hmm. Something that protects you for your whole life. And then you have term insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just like for a particular term. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this is my personal opinion. I'm like, you know, take take what you what you like and leave what you don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I personally prefer. I think term is better over whole life because in my eyes, and you can just go listen to a lot of the consumer advocates like you know Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, and they'll all tell you to like to to buy term and do not buy whole life because it's considered what they would call a ripoff, right? Mm. So you pay, it's overpriced, it's very expensive, and you pay for it for your whole life. And then there's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff going on in the policy that you're not aware of, right? People use it as an investment vehicle when they say, they, they literally say insurance and investment should be totally in two separate, you know, two separate vehicles. But people still have a life insurance policy that have investments and things attached to them. But term insurance is pretty much the purest form of insurance. It pretty much works, you know, people would say just like auto insurance and, and all those other type of insurances that we have, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's there to protect you in case something happens over a specific term, uh, term right? It doesn't go up. It usually stays about the same. Um, and if anything happened within, between that time, then they would pay out. That's pretty much what it is. So, like, for example, the reason why I like, I like term of a whole life is this. Mm-hmm. So, how old are you, John? Uh, no offense. No offense taken. Okay, let's just say you're 30. Okay. (laughs) Let's just say. Let's just say you're 30 years old, right? If you had a whole life insurance policy, how long would that last? Uh, A whole life? I don't know. Yeah, for your whole life. Yeah. A a long time, right? Uh Uh-huh. All right, so that'd be for your whole life. You know, you pay pay a good, pretty penny Mm -hmm. for it, right? Mm -hmm. It usually costs about, you know, it's usually eight to ten times more expensive than a a term policy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, you had a term policy. You can get the term for however many terms you want. You can get 20 years, 25. You know, some places have 30 years, right? But, like, let me ask you this. Do you think life insurance is, is meant to be there for, you know, your whole life? Or or you think you think it's just there until your assets build up? What do you think? Um, I don't know. Somebody else help me out on this. Uh, I don't know. I would say, I would say um, <clears throat> it depends on the person. Depends on the person. I don't think that there's no specific answer on that. And the reason why I say it is because I understand life insurance. So, I mean, the goal is if you're getting term, you need to be saving, you need to be paying your life insurance, and also building up your investments on the back end, so that once you get, you can get to a place in your life where you become self-insured, and that just means you can be able to do whatever it is that needs to happen once you're gone. But I look at it also as an investment opportunity. I can build up my assets, and then I can still have this quarter to a million dollar policy over here. That's going to be added to my value once I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on the person and what it is they want out of a policy. I can, I I totally see that. I can see that. I guess it depends on whatever your objective is, right? Yeah. In what situation? Oh, Mike, you talking? Oh, yeah, I was going to say there was a good point that Verdell brought out about the term life because, um, you know, a lot of people think that, okay, they say term life is better, let me get term life. But it's not like once you get it, now you, you know, 
Like that, you don't have to do any anything else. You, you you still have to maintain, and you know the whole purpose is, you know, this is protecting me while I'm doing what I need to do. Once I do what I need to do, then maybe maybe not. I don't need this anymore. But not just get it and then okay, I'm I'm good now. You still have to save. Still have to try to pay off debt and stuff like that. Because if not, then you know you kind of miss the point. Yeah. If you yeah. don't pay off that debt by the time your family collect their life insurance, I mean, they paying off your debt. You can't afford the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I'm not going to say that term is for everybody because I think I've seen certain situations where I, you know, I've been in, and especially people who kind of missed the bar at a young age and like, you know, they've gotten older and I'm like, it may be a good idea for you to keep this whole life policy, right? So like in some situations, I would say, it makes sense, right? But in some most situations, I would say, you know, from the ones that I've seen, it just didn't make sense why a person would do that. But for them, I made a good point though. I mean, you know, if you if you really want to leave your family with a good chunk of money, million dollars, keep out keep the policy. Well, okay. Well, I have a question for you guys. Okay. So I know you mentioned, you know, life insurance and savings, and like I'm pretty sure I've heard about like this life insurance. <clears throat> where you can save at the same time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, um, what do you think about that? Like, isn't that, like, would you think that would be a good opportunity or what? Like, it's, like, all together where you can, like, have a life insurance policy that has savings with it. Mm-hmm. Bray, you want to speak on that? Man, what was that question? <laughs> I was just wondering. So, you know, there are policies out there that say, like, you can pay this amount for your life insurance, but you also have savings with it. So it helps you save at the same time. So, like, what do you guys think about those kind of policies? So just like Jaren said, I believe that it should be separated. We should we should not be paying for uh, insurance and also trying to put an investment in there at the same time. And look, my whole thing is, you can actually, so here's what's really happening. All right, let's really get into it. That company is taking that money and they're investing it. They're investing that money, getting 12% rate of return, and then putting back in a little bit that you got. All right? When in return, instead of you putting that money into a policy, you can actually take that money that you got and put it into some type of investment account and get that 12% rate of return for yourself. So you're saving. So you're saying that the savings attached to it doesn't give me any interest. It's literally just like. Well, it depends. Like, it like depends I said, it's, so, it's so many different policies out there, right? You got whole life. You got universal life. You got variable life. You got all these other life. It's a whole bunch of policies, but they all come out to be pretty much what they call cash value, which is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The savings, which is what they talk about. Mm-hmm. So like basically, there. Let's say you got a whole life policy, right? Mm-hmm. It costs a hundred dollars a month. You get a hundred thousand dollars in coverage because mm-hmm. they're pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. All right. So like basically, you know, at your age, you probably should be paying about fifty dollars. So they take the other fifty dollars, mm-hmm. half goes to your, your insurance, mm-hmm. and the other half goes to quote unquote your savings. Okay. Right? And then they're taking that money and they're investing that money. That's uh-huh. what they're really doing. Uh-huh. And what they're doing is when they get that, but they call it twelve percent, but whatever the market, the global 
global economy is getting, mm-hmm. they get interest on that, right? Mm-hmm. The rate of return, excuse me, I use the right terminology. <laughs> and then they take that and they keep it. And what they do is they give you a portion of it. Oh, so they're making money off of me. Oh, they making money. They make money, money. They making money off of it. Okay, okay, okay. So what if I just wanted to like pull that money out? I just pulled the money out, right? Or is, you think it's your money? Psych. I mean, it's my savings. You it's can borrow savings. it, ma'am. You can borrow it. Wait, wait, wait. So you mean to tell me that I'm going to have a whole a policy that has savings, but it's saving, but I got to borrow it? Yeah. Borrow it. From what I've seen, and, and if somebody else got something different, let me know. But from what I've seen in reading the fine print, they say that you literally have to borrow it. And the rates that I've seen were like 3% up to like, you know, five or whatever the percent is. So in in actuality, that would be the same thing as, you know, for somebody told me like this, like if you went to a bank, you had a bank account set up Mm -hmm. and you went to the bank Mm -hmm. and you put $100 a month in the bank, $100 a month in the bank. And then you went back up to the bank and said, I know I got a whole bunch of money. I've been doing this for five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go up there and you be like, I want my money. I want to get, you know, I'm going to get $200 out. And then they look at you, you look at them and they say, you can get, you can borrow. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean borrow? Right. Right? It's your money, right? Yeah. They say you can borrow it, but also you're going to have to pay interest on it. Yep. And that's pretty much what they're doing. So you're me. paying for a loan. Yeah. They're loaning you your money. Yeah, and, and you thought you were letting them borrow it. Right. <laughs> Here's the other part. Here's the other part about it. Let's say you borrow that money and pass away before you pay it back. Guess what's gonna happen? They're gonna take they're gonna they're gonna take it out of your policy, out of the amount that they the, the distribution, they're gonna take it out of that before they give it to your family. So if you had a hundred thousand, uh-huh. you took out fifty uh-huh. and you quote unquote borrowed it, when your uh-huh. when you pay away, your family get fifty. That's it. And check this out. Uh, Even if you had the cash value, let's say you had fifty thousand dollars in cash value, mm-hmm. you can't get both. Nope. You can only get you need to get the hundred thousand or the fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. So you really not getting your money back. You getting ripped. Exactly. Oh wow. You getting, you getting ripped off. That's what I've seen. Like I say, if somebody got something different, I'm willing to listen. Yeah, and, and, and that's the prime reason why you should combine the two. Do that in a separate vehicle. Like, don't put it in the same. That's that's what they say when they mean. Uh, that's what they mean when they say don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, if yeah. you need to borrow from your money and put it in another investment vehicle, don't put it in your life insurance. Mm. I've I've come across people that end up having like more money in their cash value. Than they do for their policy. Mm. They don't pay. They don't pay more money. They don't pay money into this policy, and the amount of coverage they had was nothing. Mm. You see that in like old small rural towns. Man, yeah, they, you really they, do. they try to hustle people who yeah. aren't educated. On, uh, on insurance. Policies are like $10,000 and they're paying like $25, $50 a month. Well, how long you had that policy, Grandma? I done had this policy for 25 years. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you done paid for the policy twice. Yup. <laughs> so, so I'm getting... You still can't pay for a firm. Man, okay. what? 
<laughs> and so, so when you and you, the, what you're talking about now with the savings attached to it is typically associated with a whole life or cash value policy. That's correct. So term policy is just basically its its own thing by itself. Yeah, it's pre-insurance. There is no cash value. There is no investment, no savings attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's a straight-up transaction. It's a contract because mm-hmm. that's what a life insurance policy is. It's a legally binding contract, right? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing we need to talk about the contract portion of. But for today, we'll stick to this. Okay. It's a legally binding contract. That's exactly what it is. Okay. So, okay, that makes sense. So now it sounds like term might be the better way to go. But let me ask you this. So let's just say I, I know somebody who's in that whole life cash value situation. Is it too late for them? Like what happens? Like do they just have to call it a loss? Like is there a way to get out of that? Depends on the age and what their health issues is. Mm. Yeah, because think about it like if somebody got a whole life policy when they were 30 mm-hmm. and they've had it and they're 60 now, right? Or 55 mm-hmm. and now they have underlying conditions. Mm-hmm. Like they're probably not going to get approved by another life insurance company, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. They're kind of almost stuck in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, for a person that is considered to be healthy and they want to make a switch, you absolutely can. And here's the thing that most people don't know. Mm-hmm. That whole cash value attachment that's attached to it, you mm-hmm. actually... And I don't know if the right terminology is rollover. Mm-hmm. I think it's called like an exchange. I, mean, have, I think yep. it's like 10,000 yeah. exchange. And you yep. can actually take that money. And of course, there's going to be fees because you won't just be able to get the money out without having to pay them fees. Mm-hmm. It's called a surrender, surrender charge. Mm-hmm. But you can take that money and exchange it over into another vehicle. Mm-hmm. And then whether that be like an annuity or sometimes I've seen people be able to get uh, to get the cash out and they have to they have to go through a process where they probably have to write a letter or whatever, but they can get that cash and take it for themselves. But if you don't say anything, they, they're not they make they're not obligated hoops to get that cash. Question. Oh yeah. You go through hoops to get it. But it's a lot easier to just go ahead and do that exchange and put it into an annuity and let it grow. Mm. Absolutely. What's up? Okay, my question is, so with those certain policies, so are there policies out there that are written to the point where in the contract it prohibits them from doing so? Man. Like getting money? From, from being what's the cash value? It prohibits them from switching. Oh, from no. Switching? From policies? Yeah. Nah. I haven't seen that before, but man, that has man. to be highly illegal. Sounds illegal. Like, yeah, I, I, I think the insurance commissioner would actually come down on that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds illegal. I don't I don't know if it's legal to do that, yeah. but I was surprised. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, it, it sounds like we need to get to, to like a whole conversation. Like next, next, next episode should like definitely be about understanding insurance policies. What do you think about God? I, I think that's a great idea. I really wish we could like really dive deep into it, like mm-hmm. the terminology that's in there. Because remember, guys, this stuff is written by like lawyers. Mm-hmm. Like know what to say and how to write things. Mm-hmm. And when the last time y'all actually like looked at the fine print? Most people don't look at the fine print. I scroll to get to the agree button. Me, there you go. There, there you go. But if you don't know how to flip to the right pattern, here's a, here's a rule or a tip for y'all. When you're looking at a policy, just go to the numbers. Usually, if you yep. go to the, the numbers, you can see more stuff. Like they have stuff like guaranteed, mm-hmm. right? 
You know, if it doesn't say guaranteed, it probably ain't guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like, look for that type of stuff within policies. Mm-hmm. You know, and we won't we won't get into it tonight, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a, a few more tips I'd like to share with y'all to kind of make sure you're getting the, the, the right bang for your buck because everything that look good may not be. Okay, well, I got a question for you guys because I feel like we shared a lot of information on life insurance, and my head might be about to explode today. No. But I wanted to know, <laughs> like, when I think about life insurance, I really think about old people. So, like. Like, is that typically like old people are supposed to get life insurance, right? Or everybody, everybody needs it. Really, most, anybody who's who has a job, in my opinion. I think that's my opinion. Like even if you don't have any responsibilities, unless your parents, no, don't say your parents. Unless you have enough money to pay for your own funeral and you have it stored away in cash, mm-hmm. and if somebody know about it, you probably need life insurance. Yes, yeah. thank. If you're 21 years old, mm-hmm. you got your own apartment complex, you're working. Mm-hmm. If you pass away, who paying for your funeral? Nope. Yeah, your parents, right? Your parents. Yeah. Is that right to make a I got a job, man. My job has, has life insurance. Psych! Your job may have life insurance. There. I mean, hey, a lot of people say that. But the thing about that one is, and here's a question. I want to ask y'all this. Most people who have a life insurance on their job, you ask them what, who the company with, they don't even know who the company with. Mm-hmm. That's not your policy. That's literally the companies. Mm-hmm. And they make the rules. And right? Whether or not they want to give it up. They can, they can absolutely. And sometimes you gotta do certain things in order in order to get the benefits of it. So if something happens, you don't job. Keep your job. You gotta keep your job. And then, yeah, and, right. If they lay you off or fire you, or you, you you probably don't get a chance to take it with you. You don't. You don't. Ah, okay, okay. So let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if I if I got it. So as far as life insurance goes, the sooner the better, right? Yeah. So as long sooner. as you as long as you are an asset, because you said I'm my best, my biggest asset. So as long as I'm an asset, I probably need life insurance mm-hmm. to protect other people from having to waste their money or overspend their money on an unexpected funeral expense. Right. Okay. Can you pay for your own funeral. Yeah. Okay. 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 Unless I can pay for my own funeral, then maybe I can consider not having it. But it's good. Or, or like Riddell said, it could be a good way to just have an extra cushion. Yeah. Or, or if you ain't got this, because a lot of people uh-huh. leave me this behind. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We should definitely uh, talk about um, how to figure out how much coverage you have. But we are gonna have to definitely. Hey, that's gonna be another thing I just, too. I just thought about something. Mm-hmm. I just thought about something else. Uh, if, uh, a lot of a lot of rich wealthy people do this. They'll have a life insurance policy, so it'll take care of the estate. Like when they pass away, oh. and, and 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 their kids inherit the money, those mm-hmm. kids have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. So they will usually have a life insurance policy enough to take care of the taxes, so the kids won't have to worry about it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. That is that's a wealthy clever, clever. Yep. Thank you. When I get wealthy, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay. <laughs> and, and, okay. So we got whole life and term life, and typically term life. You guys suggest that term life would be the better way to go, but definitely look into your situation before you make drastic moves. Always, and even term policy. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing: all term and credit. Mm-hmm. I've seen some term. Hey, you must free. <laughs> I've seen some bad term policies too. Mm. Some of them, they'll tell you, "Hey, we'll be, we, you can be a client. You know, we'll do it for 20 years, but or 15 years. But after this, we won't do no more business with you. It's gonna have to be a whole life policy, nigga. Yep. We won't do a term policy. It'll mm. come first. Yep. And then some of them are level term. 
Meaning, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna pay the same amount every month for however long the term is. Some of them will go up. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure what you're signing up for. So do do your do your research, ask questions, don't buy just because. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, man, I feel like this was a really good start, but I also feel like we just opened up a whole can of worms of this. If y'all have more questions, just reach out to us. Yes, definitely. Definitely hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram, and ask the questions. <laughs> Say what? I said email, website. Oh, yeah. Email yeah. us, website. We in there. We in there. So definitely hit us up. Check out the description in the uh, podcast description with all that information. And any questions you have, we'll be happy to answer it. Absolutely. All right. So I'm thinking next week we should probably go into... Let's, let's do some more insurance. Let's talk about, like, inside the policy. Yeah, okay. Trying to understand your policy. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, one. okay, that sounds a like lot A lot of people, one. like, literally losing right there. Uh-huh. Like, just paying too much. And okay. debunk some myths. Debunk some myths and some taboos about life insurance. That's what I want to do. Absolutely. Ooh, okay, okay. Ooh, taboos and myths. Okay. So we're but we're next week, you guys have got to tune in. Got to. If you are still confused about life insurance, then you definitely need to turn in to tune in so that you can learn about what are the taboos and myths. Cause I'm sure if you've ever mentioned Life insurance. It's to like anybody. a word. Yeah, you you got you done got into a whole thing with them before. Yeah, you need to, and then learn understanding your policy, and then if you're okay, like understanding, okay, I got the policy, but how do I even get started? We'll go into that. How do you determine how much your coverage could be? So you definitely want to turn it, tune in. Why do I keep saying turn in? You got to tune in. To you up. need to tune it. I'm trying to turn up for season two, and we <laughs> on episode two already because we finished up season episode. One, I'm so excited. We just just landed a whole like load, dropped a whole load of knowledge on everybody. So like, I'm so excited to get into uh to, to the next episode, learning about life insurance and learning about building your financial house. Definitely hit us up Facebook, Instagram, email, website, questions. We got answers. Guys. All right, but always go seek your own knowledge. We're not your only source. Always go seek your own knowledge. That's right. All Google. right. Next episode. See you then. See you guys.